So, we have been working our way through the Ten Commandments, and as you can see, we're getting towards the end. We're at commandment number nine. And I found this little illustration as I was preparing. It said, a minister said to his congregation, next week, I plan to preach about the sin of lying. To help you understand my sermon, I want you all to go away and read Mark chapter 17. And then the following Sunday, as he prepared to deliver his sermon, he asked for a show of hands. He wanted to know how many had actually read Mark 17. Every hand went up. The minister smiled and said, Mark only has 16 chapters. I will now start my talk on the sin of lying. <laughs> so, our scripture this morning, I'll be honest, if you've got a Bible and want to turn to it, it is Exodus chapter 20, verse 16. If you haven't got a Bible, it's going to appear on the screen behind me. And even if you're looking for it, we're probably going to read it before you get there. It says this, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. There we go. That's our passage for this morning. I'm, I'm going to just stick with that. I'll be honest, we are, because I have to be honest this morning, we are going to look at all sorts of different passages, but that's the key to what we're looking at this morning. So I want to look at a few things. I want to look at the source of lies the source of truth and then then it might start to I don't know get a bit personal I think lying to others lying to ourselves and then lying to God that's a lot to get through we'll see how we go so the source of lies you know, the original sin, the first sin, was a lie. If you remember, right the way back in Genesis 3, God, God says to Adam and Eve not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because if they do that, they'll surely die. And then, then the devil comes to Eve and, and whispers, whispers a false story. He lies into her ear. And he basically says, God doesn't love you. God's not looking out for your best interests. God's just using you. Actually, you're going to be better off without him. Go on, eat this fruit, and then you'll be like God. It was a lie. And every sin has come from that one lie, from believing it, from acting on it, from putting that lie above what God said. Jesus described the devil like this. He says in John 8, 44, he says, there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. He's a liar and he's the father of lies. So the devil told the first lie. He's called the father of lies. Lying is what he does. And right from Adam and Eve, people have listened to his lies since then. And the big lie 
that people follow is the very same lie that he spoke at the beginning. The lie that you can get through life without God. That you're good enough to make it without God. That in the end, it'll be all okay without God. It's a lie. It leads people to try and find ways of making it not seem like a lie. To find ways of filling that gap and turning away from God. The things, the lives that many of us were living before we became Christians, the things that people who haven't met Jesus yet live for are lies. They're illusions. If I can just do this, then I'll be happy. Life will be good. If I can just have this stuff, life will be fine. If I could just get recognition for this, if I can get this promotion, this position, this pay rise, I'll be happy. Bigger job, bigger car, more stuff, new relationships, bigger friends, more friends, more likes on Facebook. That's what life is about for some folks. They're the most important thing. They've bought into that lie. And many people around us, our family, our friends, their life is based on the lie that that's the important stuff and God isn't. And for them, as one lie doesn't satisfy them, they move on to the next and the next and the next. Lost people living for things that are lies. It says this in 1 John 2.15, Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father isn't in him. People are being lied to. We don't like being lied to. None of us do. I can think of friends who've let me down. I can think of mistakes friends have made, and that's fine. But the ones that hurt are when you know you've been lied to, or when you know you've been lied about. We don't like being lied to. If you think you can get through life and stand before God without Jesus, you're being lied to. If you're not a Christian, then your job isn't going to fill the hole in your life. Your relationships are not going to fill the hole in your life. I know. Ask any Christian here this morning. They know. Only God can do that. But by buying into that lie that we can live for ourselves, that we can be good enough to please a perfect God, we get separated from him. And there are, yes, there are verses that we're all very familiar with up there. Isaiah 59.2, our iniquities, the stuff we do wrong, the lies we believe, our sins have hidden his face from you so that you won't hear. If that's you, if you're not a Christian here this morning, I've got a couple of hard truths 
but actually I've got some good news at the end. If that's you, the truth is, believing that lie is death. The wages of sin are death. Romans 6.23. Being separated from God forever. You're in a mess. You can't do anything about it. You're believing a lie and you're going to get punished. God has an answer. God has a truth that beats that lie. He has a truth that can set us free from all the lies of the enemy and all the lies of our own wrongdoing. And it was Jesus coming to pay for it all. Because the devil does nothing but lie. And in contrast, God does nothing but tell the truth. He can't lie. It's not in his nature. And it says this in the Bible, we are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came through Jesus Christ. Giving your life to Jesus, becoming a Christian, wipes away all of the lies that the devil has told you, wipes away the lie that you can do it on your own, wipes away the lie that you can be good enough and puts you on a right footing with God. If that's you, then the ideal thing for you to do, actually the ideal thing for you to do would be to become a Christian this morning. The ideal thing for you to do, apart from that, would be to come on an Alpha course. And we have another Alpha course starting in June. See us for more details a little bit later. The lies come from the devil. But we have a God of truth. Our very hope of salvation rests on the fact that God promised eternal life and God does not go back on his promises. God doesn't give us half-truths. He doesn't give us exaggerations. He doesn't overstate things. He's not stringing us along. We can rest assured that everything God says is true. Numbers 23, 19 said, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and then not fulfill? God is incapable of lying. Everything that God has said would happen, has happened. Everything that God says will happen, will happen. He knows all things. It's impossible for him to speak untruths. He's never gone back on a promise. He's never lied. He's never even made an honest mistake. In speaking to us, in giving us his word, he's never held back any truth that we need to live by. Actually, it says in 2 Peter 1.3, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. God cannot lie. Jesus was completely honest. Even when telling a hard truth meant putting himself in danger. A while back we looked at the Easter story, we looked at Jesus confronting the scribes and the Pharisees. 
telling them truths that put him in danger. God doesn't lie. God's not even tempted to lie. You're not going to catch him in a compromising position or give him an opportunity to make himself look more impressive by telling a fib. You can't get more impressive than God. He doesn't need to lie. He's perfect in every way. The Bible is a historical record of the absolute reliability of all of God's promises. All of his promises are always trustworthy. You can always count on them. In Psalm 119, it says, your promises have been thoroughly tested and your servant loves them. We have 100% confidence in God that he's not lying when he says that if we do what he tells us, we can be saved. Romans 10.9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We can have utter confidence in him. We can have 100% confidence that God's not lying when he says we can have victory in this life and that we're not going to be separated from him. It's Romans 8, 37 to 39. And we can have 100% confidence that he has a good and a perfect plan for our life now. It's Jeremiah 29:11. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good, not for disaster. Plans to give you a future and a hope. All lies come from the devil. God cannot lie. We, on the other hand, can. And we, on the other hand, do. And it would be very easy just to kind of go, so, don't lie, because lying's wrong. There we go. But actually, the more I looked at it, there's many different ways of lying, because we kind of like have... It'd be very easy to apply that verse, don't tell lies, don't bear false witness, just as, well, just don't tell a bold, outright lie. Do you know, someone this morning, and they shall remain nameless, but probably go very red, said to me as I came in, oh, I hope you've remembered that this morning we've decided that it's not you giving a talk, we're just going to worship all morning. That was a lie. Now, I'm not going to say who it was, but he has gone red and is chuckling. So is it just a downright lie that we're talking about? No, there's much more to it than that. There's many different ways of lying. You can dress them up in all sorts of different language. You can try and justify them or disguise them, but they're just lying. Okay, this is not a checklist. Okay, there's no prizes for going through this and ticking every one of them. Thinking, do you know what? I've got 10 out of 10. You're probably going to score some. I know I did. I'm just not going to say how many. I'm not going to lie to you. But there are different types of lying. So the first one on the list there 
slander. It's where someone lies about someone to damage their reputation. Actually, it's an offence in this country. Fines can be huge. Actually, if, if, if you lie about someone and it gets published, then that's a really serious offence. Could even be something as simple as tweeting a lie to someone that damages their reputation. Many people have found that out recently. As well as being accountable to God for everything we say, we also have to obey laws here. You're held responsible for everything you say in this country, and you have to prove it true. There was an example in the press a couple of years back. If you speak about the activities of someone and it's true, then that's all right. So if I said, well, Jeremy Clarkson punched his producer in the face, isn't that dreadful? Well, that's true. But if I said, do you know what? This morning as I came in, Raj punched Simon in the face. Well, actually, well, that's not true. That's damaging their character. That's slander. If it's lies, I'm in trouble. A couple of years ago, there were some very serious allegations made against a, a senior Tory minister. And they were utterly untrue. There was no foundation in them whatsoever. But they were tweeted out and repeated all over the place and damaged that man's reputation. But slander's illegal. And those people had to pay. Actually, those people had to pay an awful lot of money. The allegations cost the BBC £185,000. They cost ITV £125,000. And Philip Schofield had to apologise. Everybody who retweeted the lie on Twitter was found out. And actually, they could have all been prosecuted. The man they lied about actually said, you know what, if you don't have many followers on Twitter, give 25 quid to children in need and we'll forget about it. Actually, more famous people he didn't do that to because they damaged his reputation more. Alan Davies, a comedian, it cost £15,000 to. Sarah, Sandra, Sarah, Sally. Sally Burko, the wife of the Speaker of the House of Commons, had to properly apologise in court and then delete a Twitter account. Slander's a bad thing in this country. Actually, it says this in the Bible. Psalm 101, verse 5. Whoever slanders his neighbour secretly, I will destroy. Whoever has a haughty look and an arrogant heart, I will not endure. Courts deal with slander really seriously. God hates slander. So why is slander so serious? Some sins cause a lot of damage. If I steal from you, I can return the item. But if I spread lies about you, then I might not ever 
be able to undo the damage and its far-reaching effects. I was, I was looking for an illustration and I found the same illustration in many different places, in a couple of different books and on many websites. What amused me was the fact that a lot of these people claimed it was their illustration and they were all slightly different. And I thought, somebody's not being 100% truthful there, which in an illustration about lying seemed quite odd. Anyway, the illustration I found was this. It was, was a man who, who spreads lies and then has a change of heart and goes to see his church leader and asks how he can make it right. And he's told, go and get a feather pillow, cut it open and run down the street where the houses of the people you lied to are. So he did it, scattered feathers everywhere, and then went back to his leader and said, I've done that, now what do I do? And his leader said, That's good. now go back to the street and pick up all of those feathers. He said, but, but I can't. They've all blown away. They've all headed off into the wind. The wind's taken them who knows where. And the leader said to him, it's the same with the words that you've spoken. When we slander someone's reputation, we do massive damage. God clearly tells us not to do it. Leviticus 19.6, you shall not go around as a slanderer among your people. You shall not stand up against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. We shouldn't slander people, tell lies to damage someone's reputation. We shouldn't gossip. Some people love to talk about other people's business. They love to share news. Actually, not often caring whether that news is true or not. That's gossiping. Passing on information, actually, whether we know it's accurate or not. I've heard something. Do you want to hear it? Even if it's not 100% true. Some things are better left unsaid. One of the big problems, actually, is a lot of gossip just isn't true. And falsehood does seem to travel a lot quicker than the truth does. In 1 Timothy 5.13, it warns about wandering from house to house, being a busybody, speaking about things that you ought not to. You don't have to go from house to house. You can do it in the school or the workplace, over the telephone, in an email. Exodus 23.1 says, do not spread false reports. We need to be careful not to spread gossip or rumors about people. The Bible tells us, if you want information, go directly to people. Don't get information second or third hand. If you have a problem with someone, go to them and only them. Don't spread it. Try and stop others from doing it. Don't repeat gossip. And if you find out some, you've been passed some false information, correct it. Anyone who will gossip to you will gossip about you. 
So we can slander people, we can gossip. Lying, lying by insinuation. You don't actually say a lie, but how you say something gives a different message. Do you know what? Shirley and Sean actually led worship really well this morning. Now that's true. But what you could pick up, which I don't mean, I'm just using it as an example, what you could pick up is, well, do they not normally do that? Is this a special occasion? My daughter plays the clarinet, and she played in a band before she headed off to university. And I can remember going to watch her play. And, okay, I'm a dad, I'm quite proud of her anyway. And I think she's really good, actually, she is really good. And I can remember watching her in this concert, playing a clarinet, and every now and again, there'd be just this horrible squeaky note, and Charlotte would go, and just tut at the person next to her. So talking to her afterwards, and I said, you sounded really good. What was that girl next to you squeaking? And she went, oh, it wasn't her, it was me. But everybody else thinks it was her now. <laughs> well done, Charlotte. We've not actually outright lied, but we've implied something. I did find this great... I just like this illustration. Two men working on a large ship. One day, the first mate, who didn't normally drink, drank too much. And the captain, who didn't like him, entered this into the daily logbook. First mate drunk today. The captain knew it was his first offence, but actually didn't like him and wanted him fired. So the first mate went and begged him and said, look, please change the record. And the captain said, it's written in the log, it's a fact, it's not being changed. A few days later, the first mate was keeping the logbook, and he wrote in his log, the captain was sober today. And then realising the implications of his statement, the captain begged for it to be removed, and the first mate said, it's a fact, it's staying in the logbook. We can lie by insinuating. We can lie with flattery insincere praise, saying something to someone's face that you wouldn't say behind their back. It's almost the opposite of gossip, really. Saying nice things because you want something. Psalm 55, verse 21, 20 and 21 says this. My companion stretched out his hand against his friends. He violated his covenant. His speech was as smooth as butter, yet war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. We flatter to deceive. Flattery is just another form of lying. Half-truths. Not telling the whole story. I remember doing that a lot as a teenager. Where are you going? Oh, I'm going round to see my mate Barney. Oh, that's okay. Not ending it with, and then me and Barney are off to the pub. A half-truth. Actually, a half-truth is nothing more than a whole lie, really. 
we need to adopt the standard of a courtroom witness, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. It's the same when we deliberately take things out of context, when we twist them to give them another meaning. Having a little bit of truth in there, but muddling up with lies to get the picture that we want. Again, we read about that when we were going through the gospel not so long ago. We read, actually we read in Matthew 26, about false witnesses who came forward at Jesus' trial. They were looking for evidence against Jesus so they could put him to death, and they didn't find any. So false witnesses came forward. Two of them, in Matthew 26, it says, two of them declared, this this fellow said, I'm able to destroy the temple and build it again in three days. Did Jesus say that? Well, he said something similar, but they deliberately took his words out of context, deliberately twisted it to put a lie and a spin on it. Half-truths are still lies. We can lie by just kidding, saying something that's completely false and then adding, just kidding, on the end. Still a lie. There's nothing wrong with a joke, Simon. (laughs) Sorry. Just don't lie to people or about people. Proverbs 26 says, like a madman shooting firebrands or deadly arrows is a man who deceives his neighbor and says, only joking. We can lie by saying, oh, I'm just kidding. We can lie by exaggerating. I've had to tell the kids in my class a million times to stop doing that, but they still exaggerate. Last week, took a while. Last week, I came back to my classroom after dinner, and I'd picked up that one of the kids had had an accident, and there were 10 people gathered around my desk, desperate to tell me all of the gory details. Look, it's dead simple. If any of you actually saw what was going on, tell me, otherwise, go away. They all went away, because none of them had actually seen anything. I said, okay, I do need to know Tell me what you think you saw then. And you know what? If half of what these kids think they saw when they exaggerated the truth, the poor lad in my class who'd fallen over wouldn't have had any arms or legs left. (laughs) They just exaggerated. It's still lying. Lying by silence. Not speaking when we hear someone lied about, not going to the defense of someone's reputation, is is lying. Keeping quiet when we know or we see a wrong being done, it's not being truthful. When we know a friend has done something that affects their walk with God, keeping quiet. another form of lying. Outright lies. We'd get there in the end. Outright lies. Just saying something that's completely untrue. 
that gets God angry. It says that in Proverbs 12:22, lying lips are abomination to the Lord. Proverbs 19, a false witness shall not go unpunished. He that speaks lies should perish. I don't really need to expand on that a little bit. Look, outright lying is wrong. Then we get into another little area. Little white lies. I think the clue's in the name, really, isn't it? They're lies. And we can put the word little in front of it so that we don't feel as bad about it. And we can put the word white in front of it so it doesn't seem like dark and black. But you can't get around the word lies at the end. A little untruth isn't going to hurt anybody. It's just a little white lie. 1 Peter 2 says this, you should get rid of all deceit. In the same chapter in Peter, he goes on and talks about Jesus and he says, he committed no sin, no deceit was found in his mouth. It doesn't say, apart from little white lies, no deceit was found in his truth, in his mouth. Remember, even if it's a little white lie, remember where lies come from. So why don't we just tell the truth? Well, look, we lie to protect ourselves we like to stop getting into some trouble. There's plenty of biblical examples about that. Life of King Saul. Could go through that, but I'm not going to. We haven't got time. King Saul lied because he hadn't listened to God and he just wanted to protect himself. We lie to protect ourselves. We lie to gain an advantage. We might get a bit of money. We might get a bit of prestige. Lying's never going to bring us any gains in the long run. We lie to impress others. We feel insecure about ourselves, so we lie about our past and our accomplishments and how good we are, so we look better in people's eyes. We lie so that we don't feel vulnerable. How are you today? I'm fine. A little white lie. That's not a white lie. We lie for the greater good. Actually, that's normally my good. There's no good reason to lie. We lie to avoid responsibility. And do you know what? Sometimes we lie to hurt people. Again, you can find examples of that in the Bible. Look at Joseph. Potiphar's wife was angry with him and lied about him to hurt him. There's many reasons why we lie. But lying hurts others. Lying destroys trust. Lying destroys confidence. It destroys security. It destroys our assurances that other people are actually for us. Frederick Nietzsche said this. He said, I'm not upset that you've lied to me. I'm upset that from now on, I can't believe you. Lying wrecks relationships. Lying ruins reputations, yours and the people you're lying about. Lying damages your relationship with God. Lying can bring God's judgment. That's why God says, do not lie. If you're going to talk about someone, 
then ask yourself, is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Because unless you can answer yes to all of the, those three things, you're probably best not talking. It's easy for us to lie about others and to others. But actually, we also lie to ourselves as well. As Christians, we want to live for God, but we often fall short, and then we often start lying to ourselves. We set ourselves really good targets of really good things to do, of praying, of spending more time with God, of reading the Bible, of being at every church meeting, including the early morning prayer ones, of spending more time with the people of God, of inviting people from church around to dinner. All of those things are good, but then we slip and then we start lying to ourselves. I, I, I don't have time for that in my life. It's too busy. No, you just need to reorganize your priorities. Matthew 16, 26. What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? You have got time to squeeze these things in. Or the opposite. I've got plenty of time. Actually, you don't know how much time you've got. Or the lie, it's okay, because no one saw me. God sees. Those choices that you make that no one else sees, God sees. It's okay to lie or to get things wrong if my intentions are good. I think we hear a lot of politicians saying that, or at least acting it out anyway. That's not true. I can't be expected to get things right or be any use to God because I'm too young. That's not me saying that, obviously. That's not true. Oh, you can't expect me to do that anymore. I'm too old. That's not true. God understands the way I am and the mistakes I do. He's made me like that. No, God made you perfect. We choose to sin. It's okay, because I can ask for forgiveness later. Romans 6, 1-2. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. We misuse God's grace. And we sometimes get to a point where we lie to ourselves and say, God can't love me because some of the things I've done. There's no limit to God. There's no limit to the dark place that he can't light up. There's no thing that you've done that he can't pay for. We tell ourselves all sorts of lies. Sometimes to excuse what we've done, sometimes to avoid doing stuff we don't want to, but we tell ourselves all sorts of lies. We lie to others. We lie to ourselves. And we lie to God. Look, if you're a Christian, here's my thinking. If you're a Christian, then all lies are lies to God. If you're a Christian, then lying to 
or lying about others is lying to God. Okay, how then? Well, you, when you become a Christian, you've said, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to do things your way, God. I want to grow and be more like you. I want to have your spirit lead me and change me to be more like you. I want to follow your commandments. And then when we lie, we've gone back on that. We've lied to God. That's not honest. I'm saying I'll do it your way and then done it my way. I don't want that to sound harsh. I'm not accusing anyone. I'm looking at myself as I say it. If we lie to others, then we've misrepresented ourselves. We've lied. If we lie to ourselves, then, again, I would suggest we've lied to God, or at least not believed the truth he said about us. We've lied. He is a God who forgives. He's a God who restores. He's a God who releases. All lying is a sin because right at the very beginning we looked at the scripture that said do not bear false witness. If we lie to others, we sin. If we lie to ourselves, we sin. If we lie to God, we sin. It's all sin. But he forgives. It says this in Isaiah 43, 25. I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. I remember your sins no more. And then Ephesians 1 to 7. In him we have redemption through Christ, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of grace. We lie. We do. We might not use the outright barefaced lie, but we lie. We exaggerate. We tell little white lies. It's not right. We shouldn't do it. But we have a God who can forgive us when we do. If the band who did lead worship excellently this morning, if the band would like to come back up again, that would be good. Lying is wrong. Do not bear false witness. If you're a non-Christian here this morning, if you've never given your life to Jesus, you have bought in to the devil's biggest lie. You can change that this morning. You can stop believing the lies and start believing the truth that you need Jesus. It's a simple prayer. Speak to the person you came with or anyone that you've seen out the front this morning. You don't have to believe that lie. Like any sin, it can get a hold of you and trap you. It might be that actually you have a problem with lying, that you just lie, that you live a lie. We serve a God who sets us free. We serve a God who can release us from those things. We can pray for you about that. That's okay. God can and will set you free. It's his promise. He doesn't lie. And 
and I'm fairly sure I can put myself in this category as well. It might be that you're aware, do you know what? I might have lied in that situation. I might not have been 100%, I might have exaggerated that. We have a God who forgives. We ask him, we repent, and he forgives. We are going to sing one last song. And if that's you, whilst we're worshipping, I'm sorry, God. Help me not lie, exaggerate, slander, gossip. Help me, because I know it's not right, and I want to be more like you. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing. Father God, thank you that you are true. Thank you that there is no lie in you, that we can trust every word that you say. Father God, thank you. You have so many true promises for us. And Father God, thank you that when we muck up, when we lie, when we make mistakes, you are a God who can forgive us and restore us and put the relationship right with you. Father God, thank you that you are a true God who is truly for us. Thank you, Lord. Amen.